Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to talk about a little, what feels like, I think, an indie movie more than anything. It, it, it doesn't feel like a big studio movie. I don't remember this going to theaters. I don't remember much about hearing about this movie at all. I think I saw the trailer for it back, oh, during the pandemic, I think, something along those lines. But it, it came out about five years ago. Okay. It's called uh, Hearts Beat Loud, and it's uh, a little indie movie. Had you heard about this movie before? I had not. Knew nothing about this. So I have not seen this before. Okay. Okay. It, this is the type of movie that when I worked at Blockbuster Video back in the 90s, and I was in film school, I would have gone gaga over something like this. This would have been, like, right up my alley. Okay. Yeah. Like those little, these little like, well, indie movies were kind of seeing a bit, bit of a boom in the 90s thanks to Richard Linklater and Kevin Smith and, you know, all those guys. Yeah. So it was that time. Yeah. So, yes, but this this definitely feels like one of those, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so why don't we just get into it? Why don't you give us the casting crew and then we'll talk about this. All right, so this was directed by Brett Haley. And it was written by Brett Haley and Mark Bosch. It stars Nick Offerman as Frank Fisher, Kiersey Clemens as Sam Fisher, Tony Collette as Leslie, Blythe Danner as Marion Fisher, Sasha Lane as Rose, and Ted Danson's in here as Dave. Ted Danson is in here. <laughs> and I do I do like I do like Nick Offerman. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good actor. Yes. I think he's I think he's a really good actor just in general. I mean, I remember seeing him I, I okay, I didn't know who he was when I saw him back on Deadwood back in the day, but he was in Deadwood for a little while. And I remember being uh not not noticing him, you know, because it's just kind of one of those like smaller roles, but going back and watching it after having seen Nick Offerman and other things, you're like, "Wait, that's Nick Offerman." Yeah. Oh, wait, that's Nick Offerman's dick cuz he's got his dick <laughs> wagging around in the couple of scenes in that show but so we'll add this to the list of celebrities whose wang i've seen i guess i guess yeah yep all right should we talk about the story let's do it all right so frank fisher owns a vinyl record shop called red hook records in red hook brooklyn the red hook red hook neighborhood of brooklyn new york uh, his daughter, Sam, is getting ready to go to college in the fall on the West Coast. She wants to be, she's going pre-med. Mm-hmm. And Sam wants to study and she just wants to spend some time with her girlfriend. She's taking another course, like a pre-pre-med course. And she's spending her summer basically doing schoolwork, which her dad doesn't think she needs to do. I think... He just kind of wants to have like maybe one last summer with his little girl before she takes a wolf takes off and goes to the West Coast. Yeah, we're dealing with a dad who still is grieving his wife. I think. Yeah, yeah. It should be and, said that his wife. He's a single father. Yep. Yeah, and he doesn't want to let go. Yeah, he's he's trying to hold on as much as he can. Yep. To his daughter. Yeah, absolutely, and. They share a kind of a love of music. I mm-hmm. guess Frank and his wife, Sam's mom, had once been in a band together. They, they being Sam and Frank, 
one day they have a jam session and they end up spending the night just kind of singing and kind of coming up with new stuff and Sam reveals a song that she wrote called Hearts Beat Loud. So then they spend the rest of the night putting this together and turning it into an actual song. They mix Mm -hmm. it, they put it all together. Frank, without telling Sam, he uploads the song to Spotify. And of course we get more family drama stuff, but when Frank is at the deli, Mm -hmm. Like a couple of days later, he hears his song being played, mm-hmm. and this gets him pretty excited, right? right? Like that one, like when we get a review, we get all excited. We're like, "Oh, we got a review!" Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. that's kind of how Sam, or excuse me, not Sam, Frank was acting. So he kind of presents it to Sam, says, "Hey, we should keep doing this. You know, you don't have to go to school. We could do this. This could right. be our thing." I love her line where she's like, are you seriously telling me <laughs> you don't want me to go to college <laughs> to be yeah. in a band? <laughs> you know, I, I think I think what's what's interesting about that is that Frank, deep down, Frank knows that he's not telling her that or he doesn't want her to do that. Right. I don't think. But I think there is that part of him and I, you know, I'm watching this movie and I'm kind of relating to it <laughs> as we're watching it, you know, as a father of a kid who's grown up faster than I can keep track of it, that, that feeling of like, this is imminent mm-hmm. is, is growing in the pit of my stomach. And, you know, I'm starting to get recognized this, this desire to kind of pull away and become his own person, which is exactly what he's supposed to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's always that desire to hey, we should, you know, play some Fortnite or we should go throw the ball around or whatever, but there's not always the interest Mm -hmm. from him anymore. And I know this crestfallen feeling. I know this feeling of like, oh, okay. But you still got to kind of keep upbeat and be like, yeah, well, you know, you, you know, you do thing and I'll still be over here crying in the corner. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So, but, but. I feel like, (laughs) so this is what's going through my head as we're watching this movie is that I am putting this in a frame that I can recognize, putting it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a box of my things. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm definitely on Nick Offerman's character's side in this. I see where Sam is coming from, but there's also the part of me that's like, you know what? I, I would like, you know, Miles to just kind of stick around and and do you know say you know what stay you know do let's do the stuff that we used to do let's be you know dad and miles again you know let's mm-hmm. go we'll do have our we'll have our dad and miles days and stuff like that and it's just they're getting fewer and further in between mm-hmm. and i know that it has to be that way and yeah. there's absolutely nothing wrong with it but it is it is it's hard to make that it's transition a, it's a difficult transition to make mm-hmm. and uh, you know you know me i i feel things very deeply and that to me, like this movie, as I'm watching it, I wasn't getting choked up, but I was starting to get that feeling in the pit of my stomach that I get when Miles kind of like is like, man, I don't really want to do that right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> when Frank presents this to Sam, she says to him, we're not a band. We're not going to do this. We're not a band. And he's like, hey... I like that. So he names them We're Not a Band. Yeah. Without her permission still. You know? <laughs> like, um, 
she is still, Sam is still writing songs, even though she's protesting, you know, I don't want to do this with my dad, blah, blah, blah. She's still doing these things. It's like, I'm going to compare it to my experience as well. It's like, you know, we're, Miles and I, we don't play online as much as we used to, but every once in a while I'll catch him, he's playing Fortnite, and I'm like, hey, we, what are you doing? Should we play together? No, I'm going to go upstairs. Okay. <laughs> He wants to do this, but just on his own. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like, Sam wants to do this, probably not as a career, because she right. does have her heart set on the music, on the uh, medical stuff, but she still wants to create. This is still in her blood. So she is working on um, some songs, and she comes up with one called Blink for her girlfriend, Rose. Frank is also writing a song at the same time called everything must go. But he writes this song because the business, the record store has to close. He can't afford the rent anymore. Now his landlady played by Tony Collette is comes to him and offers him, Hey, why don't we partner up? You know, I mean, we could make this record store more profitable and kind of make this a thing, right? Where you could still keep the record store. Mm-hmm. But he flat out refuses her. I was curious why he just says no. He's just not into that. I think there's a part of it that, like you said earlier, he's still not over the death of his wife. We're going to see him revisit the spot where she died. She died in a bicycle accident on a busy street in Brooklyn. And we're going to we're gonna kind of witness him processing this a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that because he and Tony Collette, what is her character's name? Leslie. He and Leslie. That's right. Leslie from Parks and Rec. Um, <laughs> that's why I, that's, I should have made that connection. So he and Leslie, Frank and Leslie, they share a moment. Do they kiss or they almost kiss? She kissed him when they were at that That's karaoke right. bar. That's right. They were at the karaoke bar. She was singing. He was impressed with her. They were having a good time. Yeah. She kissed him, and I think that's when everything kind of turned for him. He's not ready to open his heart back up to something like that. Now, I've never experienced this myself, but I imagine that that would be something that would be very difficult, you know? Yeah. I guess I didn't seemed to me like he was maybe kind of interested. And then when she had that other guy around, I think it was confusing and wasn't really sure where that was going. It was a really kind of a, I wasn't really sure I was following how everybody was feeling or relating, but in reality, that's not kind of real life. Well, sure. Emotions yeah. are complicated. Yeah. I mean, life is complicated. Yeah. And I think that that's, what, that's one of the things that I kind of took away from this movie is that they didn't shy away from how messy things get. Yeah. The the idea, that, I mean, because like there is no happily ever after at the end of this. Mm-hmm. It's still complicated, but it's at a point, it's at a place where you can accept the complication, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. But... So one day while Frank is in the record store kind of prepping it for the closure, a, a, a record agent shows up and he approaches Frank and is like, hey, you know, you guys are really good. I want to cut you guys a deal. I want you guys to put together a record. Frank is really happy about this, obviously. This is kind of what he's been going for. He mm-hmm. wants to do this with his daughter. But Sam is like, nah, 
I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do. Yeah, and even at this point, I think deep down, because he even says, you know, what if we just take a year off and just see what happens? Like a gap year. Right. So I think he still has the intention here deep down that she goes to college, but is, again, just trying to hold on to whatever he can. Mm. Yeah. with a passion that the two have together. They obviously both enjoy music. That's mm-hmm. how they bond is over music. And he's just trying to keep it close, you know? Yeah, I mean, even when, even even, even over her protestations, once they finally do get, do get into that jam session, she's having a good time. They're yeah. both enjoying it. It is a great moment for the mm-hmm. two of them. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you think that Frank is being selfish? A little bit because he's putting her in a difficult spot. Mm. Like, should she go? Should she stay? I feel like he's putting her in a weird spot. And so I do feel like he is being kind of selfish here. Mm. I I feel like if you bring it up once and she says no, that's not selfish. Okay. But because he keeps trying to pursue it, that's where it's pushing a little bit. Because I think at that point you're making it awkward for your daughter. Yeah. See, I feel like the selfish act was uploading it to Spotify without her permission. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, and that kind of that kind of sets the tumblers mm-hmm. going for the rest of this because the record producer wouldn't have just shown up if it hadn't been on Spotify. So, I mean, that is I think that his one selfish act was that. And then once he sees that this opportunity is there. You know, he he's going to bring it to her anyway. I mean, wouldn't you, though? I mean, if you had done something like uploaded something on Spotify without my permission and then it's already out there, we can't do anything about that. Now somebody comes to you, would you just be like, well, he doesn't want to do this, so I guess I won't even bring it up. But No, I would bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he just seems a little pushy about it. That's where I'm like... I didn't. I didn't feel like he was being pushy, though. I felt like he was kind of following through on something that was an after effect of something that he did. You know, maybe. But when he brings it up and then she says no, then he's like, "Well, you could just take a gap year," and, mm. and you know, he keeps going a little bit. Yeah. Instead of just letting her say no, mm. and like this is not what I want, and then respecting that. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I guess when you frame it like that, you're right. He. I mean, he is kind of pushy about it. I think that does kind of step over that line to being disrespectful of her choice yeah. again. Now, I don't think he's a bad guy at all. No, I, I want to be very clear. I, yeah. I think it's a natural reaction. I don't think what he did is unrealistic. I, you know, I, like you said, I think people would do that. So. Yeah. 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 During this fight that they have over whether or not to take this record deal, Frank evokes the name of Sam's mother and says, you know, hey, she would have wanted you to do this. And that, that to me seems like that's a misstep. That's yeah, something that's that not you, okay. I mean. Uh, He's trying to get his way and then using something like that. That's, yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. See, what, what, what we've got here is Frank is grieving and he sees this as not just a way to hold on to his daughter, but to hold on to his wife yeah. as well, mm-hmm. you know? Because honestly, if they were in a band together and this is what they used to do, to be able to have that with your daughter before she leaves for ostensibly ever, you know, mm-hmm. you it, he's trying to grab at that and hold on to that, Yeah, you know? I think one of the, I think one of the important themes in this movie is acceptance of your kid. 
And part of that is accepting that they're going to be different from you, accepting that they're going to have decisions that they're going to make that you're not going to agree with. And this is one of those things that Frank really is having a hard time really learning, you know, like just respecting the fact that she is not her mother. She's not him. Mm -hmm. She's some sort of an amalgamation of the two that he can't get his mind around, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think that there is that, that veil of grief that he's looking through that kind of tampers with his ability to really grasp what's going on. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's ever a moment where you see the turn for Frank where he's like, Hey, you know what? I finally get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, one of the things that I didn't like about this movie is the fact that I don't feel like we ever get that moment where Frank has like that epiphany of what am I doing? I shouldn't be doing this. I should be accepting her. I should be allowing her to be herself. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of two things for Frank. One is at that moment mm-hmm. when she calls him out on the whole bringing up the mom Bring thing. The mom, yeah. And when she leaves, you could tell on the look on his face, like, oh, I fucked up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there is that realization, but I don't feel like that's the realization that he should be backing off. I think he just realizes that he, he shouldn't have said anything right, about mom. Right, he shouldn't have So that's part of it. And then we don't see it on screen, but there is a point after he lashes out at mm-hmm. Leslie, too. Yeah. Like, he he then goes and talks to her and is really awful to her, too. Yeah, yeah. And... Somewhere between that and him making the apology and stuff, I think we missed something somewhere where they don't really show us. Yeah. Maybe him. I I know he was in the record store, but I I guess I didn't catch it. I didn't catch where we get this change. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, he does talk with Dave, his best friend. Yeah. Bar owner. And... But I don't feel like there's a resolution there so much as Dave just kind of pointing things out to him. Hey, yeah. you know, you need to... Th- this is this is something that maybe you need to grapple with a little bit. We don't ever actually see him grapple with that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. It just kind of appears as a solution by the end of it. And I think that that, to me, is a bit of a short change on this movie. It's only 97 minutes long. There are other movies that are way worse than this that have been two and a half hours long. You, you, can, I mean, you honestly, can give an extra take, 10 minutes and, and go with it. It doesn't even have to be 10 minutes. You've yeah. got two, three, four minutes. That's, That's a lot true. of time on screen. That You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. it doesn't even have to be a huge thing, but just a little something I wonder if to there's say something. why it's changed. Sorry. Yeah, no, I wonder if there's something that maybe is on the cutting room floor that could have maybe explained this a little better. What, you know, speaking of Dave, what did you think of Dave? I like Dave. I thought Dave was a great character. He seems like somebody that'd be cool to hang out with. Right? Yeah. Like he's talking perfect about. Perfect bartender. Perfect bartender. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like that's what you need in a bartender. I love that, that you Ted Danson <laughs> yeah. plays a bartender. <laughs> I wonder how intentional that was. I wonder if it was more of a, oh, we should get somebody. Oh, let's get Ted Danson. Or if it was more like, hey, we should get Ted Danson because he used to play yeah. a bartender for so long. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But 
Oh, also, I wanted to touch on something really quick. We don't talk about, we haven't talked about Frank's mom. That's the other thing that is kind of hanging over his head oh, at the yeah, same time. Right. Frank's mom is kind of ill. She, she I, I don't know if she has dementia or something along those lines, maybe early, early dementia or something, but she ends up like kind of wandering in the streets sometimes and the police end up grabbing her and bringing her home. So he's dealing with that as well. So he's also, not only has he just recently, I'm guessing recently, lost his wife, his mom is having problems that he's kind of having to help with. And his daughter is leaving. Like mm-hmm. his whole world is changing and the store's closing. Like everything yeah. that this man right. knows is changing. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a quick question though. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be an a-hole here, but does this movie strike you as a bit of... A patriarchal movie. Almost everything in this movie is from Frank's perspective. There are other people involved, obviously. Sam is a huge part of this. We only see a part of her story. Almost everything is framed through Sam, or through Frank, excuse me. I suppose, but I don't know, because this is his story. Okay, but I felt like it was Frank and Sam's story. You know, like that's what that's what it felt like they were trying to set up to begin with. Yeah, but we do see Sam off on her own and doing yeah. her own thing too. Not a and ton. We... I mean, she does learn how to ride a bike. Her girlfriend teaches her how to ride a bike. Yeah, but which there's is some interesting. There's moment. some good moments with her and Rose right throughout here. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I think. I, I also would... like that they have this teenage gay couple on the screen hmm. and. You don't make anything of it. Like so many times when you have couples, it's either somebody's coming out or there's an issue with this or that. And I feel like we need to see more of this so it feels more normal. Like it's oh, yeah. normalized. It's definitely normalized in this. And I do appreciate I that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The the thing that I'm talking about though would be like for Sam. I wanted them I wanted them to expound a little bit on Sam's dilemma of like her dad being pushy. We only get a couple of references to that while she's with Rose. And because we don't sit with it for very long, we don't really get to know a lot about what she's feeling. Like her, her feelings feel very swept away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we definitely spend time with Frank. We definitely spend time with him being, you know, I don't want to say mopey. Mopey's not the right word, but he's definitely feeling the effects of all this change in his life. But Sam's going through some major change too. Not only is she leaving for the West Coast, she's got to leave this girl that she loves too. You know? They never actually say it, but they definitely love each other. Yeah. And she's leaving that. She's leaving her dad. She's leaving Red Hook, which I'm assuming she's really never gone anywhere, right? Red Hook is a... is kind of one of those communities that, like, has everything. Why would you go anywhere else, you know? I mean, I'm mm-hmm. guessing that he probably didn't take her a lot of places or they didn't end up going a lot of places. Yeah, it's possible. Know? Probably in, into the city, but, like, I don't know. We don't ever get to see that, so we don't know, like, what her life experience has been like. So the assumption is that this is all very big and scary for her, and we don't get a lot of that. We get a little bit of that. It's like a seasoning on top of the... Frank's story sandwich, I guess. 
Yeah. And I guess I don't want to call it misogynistic or not misogynistic, but patriarchal. But I do I do think it's interesting that they chose to focus more on Frank than they did on Sam. When this is really a story about both of them dealing with a huge change. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only did he lose his wife, she lost her mother. And her grandmother is going through stuff too, right? Like yeah. that's what's happening at the exact same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I... I maybe didn't notice it as much as you did. I I feel like maybe it's a little bit more focused on him, but I don't think it's a lot more. Well, I think that I think that, yeah. And I'm not I'm not trying to fault the movie for that. I just kind of wish that we had a little bit more of a balance between the two characters dealing with the same thing, but being on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as age goes, as far as like the dichotomy, parent-child dichotomy, going. You know, like the one's the child, the other one's the parent. How are they reacting to? grandma's losing her marbles and you know dad's losing the store and i'm moving to college and dad was pressuring me to do this you know like we i felt like we needed to see a little bit more of that especially because we had an outlet they both have outlets like um, frank has dave and uh, leslie and sam has rose so we even we do get a little bit of a a visitation with grandma too. She mm-hmm. kind of talks to grandma a little bit about stuff. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't mean to aside there. I just, I felt like I was left a little bit wanting by the end of this movie with this. So, so Frank is setting up like a final, like closeout sale in the record store. And the last day of business, he decides he's going to call Leslie and apologize for his, being his yeah, being an a-hole. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he doesn't. He hasn't actually apologized to her. He just apologizes to her voicemail. Right. Right. And then Sam comes, and she's kind of. She's got an idea that maybe can appease Dad and still give her the freedom that she wants. Mm-hmm. And her idea is to have a concert right there in the store that night. Like kind of a little fundraiser concert or something. He convinces her, she convinces Frank to play. And they they set up, they have a big thing. Frank makes a speech about, you know, what this is all about and how it all kind of came down and all that. And then they play. They play Hearts Beat Loud. They play that Blink song. And then they play Everything Must Go. And everybody kind of loves the whole thing. Leslie shows up. Rose is there. So we got both of the love interests there. Mm-hmm. After this is all over with, Frank and Sam kind of have a little bit of a heart-to-heart. She comes in after kind of breaking it off with Rose, really. I mean, mm-hmm. she kind of had to. That She was leaving. This was basically the end of the summer. And she was heading out to West Coast. Sam comes back into the record shop, and she shares a beer with her dad. And they kind of have a heart-to-heart. And she says, what if I stayed? Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get that little fade away or fade out and we come, we come back to Frank, but he's working in the bar. Yep. <laughs> Frank is working in the bar and Dave is like, well, all right, if you're good here, I'm taking off. So Dave takes off and Frank's there by himself. Leslie comes in. They kind of have some talk. He says, I'll drink with you. You know, they'll, they'll have a drink. We see that Sam or excuse me, Frank has a tip jar in the back that he's putting all of his tips into and it says Sam's college fund on it. So Mm -hmm. he's working to help her, you know, get through college. 
but they're still working together. They're still sending each other music yep. through their email. Yep. So we have now the best of both worlds, right? Because, I mean, think about this. They can work together. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be in the same room. You don't. <laughs> Technology, man. I mean... For a while there, you and I weren't in the same room when we were podcasting. So right. we don't, you don't need to be in the same room. Nope. I'm not saying our quality is as good as their quality was. I mean, it was close. You know. <laughs> but so they're working together, but they're working together at a great distance. She's still in school, but she's still pursuing music as well. Yes. And the last time we see her, we see her getting ready to sing Hearts Beat Loud at an open mic event on the west coast we are so when we first meet rose mm-hmm. sam and rose are at some kind of like art arts display thing mm-hmm. right yeah. and rose says we're made of more than just one thing mm-hmm. and i like that line yeah they put it through to the end where sam doesn't just have to be a medical student mm-hmm she can be a medical student and she can pursue music her as well. Yeah. Music passion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that they put that line in there. Yeah. I I really wish that Sam would have presented that to her dad as well. Yeah. Like pass that knowledge on because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You learn as a parent from your kid as well as them learning from you. Mm-hmm. You know? Would have been nice to see that because a lot of that, a lot of this movie is about the parent-child relationship and the evolution of that relationship and learning to accept change and kind of let go of things as they come up. And it would have been nice for her to have a teaching moment with dad as well, you know? We never get to that point, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe my instincts aren't the best instincts because I've never made a movie myself. I'm just sitting here and, you know, talk about movies. So, <laughs> fuck it, whatever. I There was a line that I really liked. I don't remember who said it, but they said, when life hands you conundrums, you turn them into art. Yeah. And I thought, that is, that's fucking great. That's a great <laughs> line. That's a great line. Now, I wanted to talk about something real quick. We're at the end of the movie, by the way, guys, and this is it. So we're just going to, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about notes stuff here. How in the living fuck... Did Frank afford that apartment or Brownstone or whatever the fuck it was in Brooklyn on the money that he brings in from a failing record shop? Don't think about it. No, I have to think about it. It's the Friends effect. That thing is huge. That place has a goddamn record studio in it. Maybe there was money left over from life insurance and that helped supplement until he just ran out. Maybe. 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 New York is one of the most expensive places to live in this country, in the United States, I should say. And for him to be able to do that, like, he, what did he have, to two customers before he had the, the end of the thing? The 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 closeout sale? He sure. had two customers. Yeah. Yeah. Two customers isn't going to pay the rent, dudes. Sorry. And, and one of them he chased out of. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> the other guy, he comes back, guy comes back in and he was like, I just downloaded on Spotify for free what you were going to charge me, like, an arm and a leg yeah. for, you know? like oh man like how is he paying for that anyway you mentioned the gay couple that were in here you know sam and rose and how it was just they were just there i liked 
Frank's response to when he finds out that that Sam is dating. Mm-hmm. He says, do you have a girlfriend? And Sam just kind of like rolls her eye and he goes, you have a boyfriend? Like, what? Like, he knows and he doesn't make a big thing out of it. He just accepts. He knows who she is and he accepts her. Yeah. It's just, it was a beautiful thing to watch, yeah. you know? Like, he, he immediately went to girlfriend and when she didn't respond... He teased her with boyfriend and like, there's something beautiful about that. There's something beautiful about that. That's, that's a, that's a massive amount of acceptance right there. Just being able to be like, well, I know she doesn't have a boyfriend, but I'm going to tease her about it. You know, like there's, there's something there. So, right. Do you have any other notes? I do have one. Okay. So the songs were written by Keegan DeWitt. They're actually performed by Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens. Really? Okay. Well, I knew Nick. I knew Nick Offerman was a singer. Mm-hmm. I knew he had had some some skills. So Brett Haley, in an interview, said that it was very important to him that whatever actors they cast in the lead roles would not only be able to perform the music but also sing it live. They mm. recorded it live while they were doing it for the shoot. Oh, interesting. Okay. He said it was very important for Kiersey's character, for Sam, that that person could act, sing, and be able to work the sampler and the keys. <laughs> um, and so they couldn't go with just any actor. They had to have somebody that had some kind of music knowledge also. Yeah, they really rocked it, both of them. Yeah. I think yeah. they both did a great job. She's a fantastic singer. Yeah, I think she's a fantastic she's singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Any other notes? That was That's it. That's it? We don't have any, like... Castings or this anything is not like the that? type of movie that would have stuff like that. <laughs> Wait, you think that they didn't have other people? Oh, I'm sure they did, but as far as it? like news out there, oh, no, I this gotcha. is not the okay. type of a movie that has a lot of like background tidbits and stuff. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Let's do our thing then. You tell me, keep rent or erase, Jennifer, and why? I'm gonna rent this one. I really liked it. It's not something I'm gonna probably pull out on a regular basis to watch. I don't know that I would buy it and put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But I'd definitely watch it again, you know, maybe three, four or five years down the road and be like, oh, yeah, I'll go watch that again. That was an enjoyable movie. So this is an easy rent for me. Okay. How about you? You know, I teetered between rent and keep. And I think the reason that I I even entertained the idea of keeping is that it gave me all the feelings about my relationship with Miles and where that's headed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... For me, film is therapy, you know, and and to be able to see that and kind of have this frame of reference from the perspective of an actor that I really appreciate was was something that made me lean towards keep. But I mm-hmm. think ultimately in the end, this is, again, this is not a movie that I'm going to watch a lot. This is definitely a movie that I can appreciate. I thought the acting was amazing. I thought the chemistry between Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens was fantastic. They were a great father-daughter team. I do wish that we would have gotten a little bit more of Sam's side of things so that it didn't feel so one-sided and dad-oriented, you know? Mm -hmm. But I I do accept, I do like the themes of acceptance. I like the themes of moving on. I like the themes of grieving in your own way and in your own time. So I think this is a really, really good movie. And I definitely say rent, rent the hell out of this movie. Don't think twice, rent it. I I don't think people will be disappointed. 
I don't either. If people no. haven't seen it, go watch it. It's good. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, that's that. What what are we doing next, Jennifer? All right. Next week, we are going to cover the 2022 family-friendly holiday feel-good movie, Violent Night. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's going to be a Christmas miracle, you guys. Santa Claus is fucking coming to town. Woohoo! And he is bringing a, a hammer, a big-ass <laughs> hammer. All right. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, so... All right, well, the next week, right here on the couch, Santa Claus. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.